0: Thing, the next thing, oh, and to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be how the high
1: hello and welcome to episode 22 of Meet Us at Molly's. As always, I am Gina. I'm joined by my co-host Bryina. Hello, everybody. And Ashley could not make it again today. She's a lot better, um, a lot better, thankfully, but she had some other stuff going on. So she is taking today off, but she will join us for Friday's episode. We miss her, so we hope she comes back soon. Uh, Today, we're gonna discuss Chicago PD, season five, episode eight, called Politics. Now, as always, before we get into the episode, we always like to discuss the news, but the thing is, is that there is no news.
0: Yeah, what the hell is happening? Like, how do we not have any news?
1: Yeah, it's it's weird. See, and this is where we need your help because there's only three of us and there's so many links out there that we are bound to miss something sometimes. So if you see something, send it to us. Tweet it to us. DM it to us. However you see it, send it to us because there is a chance we might miss it. And when that happens, we end up with no news. Like, today. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. And I also think today just might be... You know, part of the fact that the holidays are here, um, you know, everything's kind of wrapping up for 2017. So it might just be the fact that, like, there is no news and we are truly we didn't miss anything, actually. But for the future, like you said, yeah, if you see anything, even if it's something we've probably seen, you think we've probably seen already, still send it to us because that makes us it ensures that we
1: have seen it. Yes, very much so. So... Because of the lack of news, we're just going to jump right into the episode. As I said, Chicago PD Season 5, Episode 8. This episode is called Politics. Now, as always, we've broken it down by storyline, not chronologically, but it always sorts out in the end. And we are going to start with the case as I get to the top of the outline. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We're off to a great start today. Let's see. Uh There we go. Okay, we're going to start with the case. So, we start off, and Voight is at this fancy-schmancy fundraiser for Congressman Grainer. He's all suited up. It's out of character as hell. But he mentions to the congressman that, you know, he's like, oh, it's good to have somebody who publicly supports the police. It's still weird to see him suited up at a fundraiser.
0: Yeah, but even that, like, just, I feel like that statement, just because Voight always seems to think that, like, it's the intelligence unit against the world, so like even almost that statement in some way is kind of out of character. But whatever, I mean, it goes along with the for- the theme of reform, so it makes sense. But it's out of character for Voight.
1: I can't help but imagine that his inner monologue is just a whole bunch of bad words and him just being like, "I fucking hate this. When can I leave? Like, this is stupid." Oh yeah, for it's sure. Just weird. And so later on. Or no, I'm sorry. Um, So, yeah, Voight, or no. Now, See, I'm getting off track here. Okay, refocus. Focus. Okay. It's the caffeine in my system. I'm, like, bouncing all over the place. Okay. So, <laughs> Grainer gives a speech about how important it is to support the CPD and that they'll always be the city's saving grace. And that's kind of it. And it's one of those speeches where he, like, takes the fork to, like, the champagne glass. Like, it's so <laughs> swanky and, like, extra. It's just somewhere you would never, ever, ever want to see Voight. Voluntarily. Yeah, you never want to be there either. yeah, And so later on, Voight is getting coffee with Jay and his phone rings. He shows up to this hotel where the hotel manager says that he found a dead girl and a quote-unquote male guest passed out in the bed. We see the male guest and hey, look, it's Congressman Grainer. Of course it is. Oh, shit. So... (laughs) In the bullpen, we find out that the only fingerprint on the gun is Grainer's, but at least two shots were fired and the victim was only shot once. So Voight has upstead run ballistics. The first thing out of Grainer's mouth when he's caught, he's like, I didn't do this. But then the, his fingerprint is the only one on the gun. So you're like, mm hmm, okay. Sure. sure. He didn't. Yeah. Yep. And so Voight and Al interrogate Grainer, and so Grainer is telling this whole story about he was hit on at the hotel bar by this woman who is Eastern European, but his memory is blurry, quote unquote. So Grainer swears that he was drugged because he says that he would never cheat on his wife. Okay, like more BS stories here. Right. like Like okay, whatever. So he says he would never invite the girl to his room. He's adamant he doesn't cheat on his wife. And Voight pieces the story together. Voight sits there and Voight's like, so you got drugged. They went to your room. Some guy other than you came in, shot the girl, put the gun in your hand, threw it on the ground, and then left. And it's funny here because even Grainer's attorney thinks that it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like it
0: It sets up for just kind of like, oh, yep, it's going to be Grainer, obviously. Like, so cliche just you know that kind of story but little do we know we find out yeah maybe not be the case
1: so Voight asks if Greener has any known enemies and Greener's like "Ah, please he says that he voted against a major construction project in the 53rd ward and he got totally dragged for it social media tore him apart everybody was mad at him so you named the person in that ward and he's got an enemy. So Voight mentions that he wants to keep Grainer in custody, and Grainer's fine with it as long as it stays away from the press. So Ruzik and Atwater check the film at the hotel bar, and we see Grainer's at the bar, he's drunk, off his ass, he stumbles with the girl in tow, and then the film shuts down. Because of course it does.
0: For real, like, of course the film shuts down and we can't see what happens. For an
1: hour. An hour. Which just so conveniently happens to be the time where the girl is murdered yeah oh my god and so they find luke ivy and this guy's the security guard who was working at that time and ruzik and outwater just kind of ask him a few questions and i don't know we get a little bit of sarcastic outwater which is kind of our favorite um, Oh my god it's, just- so that,
0: it might be my favorite line of the whole episode it's just funny like it's just the way it's delivered is so well done Leroy's just like it it's so funny
1: it's funny when these people they interrogate have other stuff going on. Like Luke had weed out and he was like, I have a prescription. It's fine. Ruzik and Atwater are like, dude, we don't give a shit.
0: Yeah. They're like, that's not what we're here for. Just give us what we want and we'll go away.
1: Yeah. And so Luke kept asking. He kept responding to questions with questions. And so it finally got to a point where Atwater's like, OK, listen, the way this works is that we ask the questions and you answer. Just. I, so yeah. I love sarcastic Atwater. And so the whole the main thing that we get out of that is that anybody could have shut down the system, but multiple people have access to it. So it's not necessarily that it was Luke. So later on, Voight meets Alderman Price. I don't know why the hell he is still here. I cannot stand him. Please kindly leave.
0: Right. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, I know. I mean, I know why he's still here. I mean, because they want to keep him around just because he. The actor that plays him is so good, and I'm blinking on his name right at this moment. Um, It's Wendell Pierce. Yes, Wendell Pierce. That's... I knew it was... Yeah. No, I knew... Yeah. As soon as someone said it, I knew it was going to remember. But he's so well done, and, I mean, it's such a big get for them to have him around, but Alderman Price is such a terrible character. And literally, it doesn't make any sense on why he's actually still in the plot. But Wendell Pierce is so great that... I don't mind seeing him around, but when it's like like to this episode, I was like, Oh my god, Alderman Price,
1: no Yeah, it's like I don't have the energy to deal with you in this episode. Can you please just not Yeah like go away? But I mean, I wonder if the reason we hate him is because it's like we have another void, but instead of instead of it being void being void on other people, it's like Alderman Price is like he's kind of void For intelligence. So it's it's kind of what we would see if we weren't on the inside with intelligence. It's like how we would see Voight in the outside world. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe that's why we hate him. Is because we're like, damn. Like, it's kind of that thing when you're on the other side of the perspective and you're like, well, shit, I didn't realize it was like that.
0: Right. And it's almost like it's someone who, like, we've never seen someone be on Voight's level. And so for someone to kind of challenge Voight in that way is like, an interesting dynamic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Voight asks Price about Grainer, and Price, he calls Grainer a racist right-wing prick. He sounds wonderful. Um, and he gives us the background of the construction deal. So Grainer redirected the federal funds, and he wanted to make investments in more rural areas. And so Voight asks who Grainer's biggest enemy might be, and Price gives up Bill Mahoney, who is the head of the Iron Workers Union. So... Elsewhere, Burgess goes to the morgue and we find that the victim had a tracker implanted in her arm. That's awesome. And in the bullpen, Jay gets the talk screen back on Grainer and it turns out that he was drugged. So there is some validity to his really, really weird story. Yeah. So Jay says either Grainer is the dumbest criminal ever or somebody set him up. And so Burgess and Antonio track down Bill Mahoney. He was at med with his sister His alibi checks out, so he's just a non-issue. We find out that the missing bullet from the gun was recovered from a woman shot the previous night two blocks away from the hotel where the dead girl was found. So Voight and I'll go talk to her. And we find out that the DOA is her daughter Sasha, and we kind of get the story on how this girl Sasha ended up in Chicago. Basically, this man offered her a modeling contract, and then he kind of took her hostage. It's a whole big thing but the mom is able to describe her or describe the man who shot her and he says that you know she was or he was young bald and Ukrainian and he know she knows that he was Ukrainian because he called her a bitch in their native language she's pretty much the best witness ever yeah she no she offers all the, the facts
0: yeah no she offers all the details they get i mean without obviously knowing who it was like she describes him very well and so Void kind of, I mean, like as impressed as like Void now can be, like they're kind of impressed and lo- that she remembers everything. And yeah, she's she's a great witness.
1: Yeah, and just the way she lays it out, she makes it so easy. I'm like, can she? Can we like plant her in these issues in every episode so that she like gives these awesome descriptions? Yeah, goodness. For real. She's also clever as hell because we find out that. She pretty much canvassed the entire Ukrainian village in Chicago. Turns out there's a Ukrainian village in Chicago. I don't know. But she canvassed the whole place, and she found this man who works at the grocery store where Sasha and the other girls would frequent. She paid this guy $100 to smuggle a cell phone into her groceries. This mom is clever as hell. Yeah, for real. And so they started to hatch an escape plan to get Sasha out. And so... Upton talks to her friends in robbery homicide and she says she lays it out. So she goes, there's a ring of Eastern European women that have been active in the Viagra triangle for in the last six months. Okay, (laughs) so she rattles off this line like it's no big deal. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait, did she just say did she just say the Viagra triangle? Yeah, for real. What is that? And so (laughs) I'm doing this outline yesterday and I just kind of sat at my computer for a minute and I was like, all right, do I Google it? Do I not Google it? I'm so proud that you
0: Googled it, I that Googled you took it. the courage and you Googled
1: it. I Googled it. I was kind of scared of what I was going to find, especially given that Urban Dictionary was the first thing that came up. I got scared. But it's not as bad as it turns out to be. So it's basically an area where State and Rush Street meet on the north side of Chicago, and it's frequented by wealthy older men. That's basically the gist of it. Is It's this neighborhood of nightlife that's frequented by really rich guys. We're not going there in March, Rana. I don't care what you say. No, no, we are not
0: going there.
1: (laughs) So that's the Viagra triangle, which, you know, it was a mystery. I was curious, you know. Also, I did notice that right after Haley had said that, I think Jesse tweeted and he was like, the Viagra what? Like, (laughs) yeah. 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 Just, you can't drop these things into episodes and not explain them to us. Like, just don't make us Google. That's risky business. You know. Right. Especially,
0: don't make us Google something that, could bring up horrible results like this.
1: Really horrible results. Like, yeah, that could have ended very badly, and I'm glad it didn't. Yeah. But <laughs> it turns out that these girls are not hookers; they're identity are identity thieves. It's the caffeine man. I'm like all over the place. The identity, <laughs> <laughs> their identity thieves, and the scam is run by the Odessa mob. So Voight lets Grainer go. Grainer's happy that it didn't make it to the press. He's basically like, "Oh my God, you're a man of your word." blah 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 yeah so Voight is talking to Burgess and Ruzik comes and interrupts and Ruzik reveals that the security the security staffer they questioned earlier was lying to his face awesome good job why do these, yeah why do these people think it's okay to lie to intelligence like
0: seriously like the more you lie to intelligence the more bad shit that's gonna come your way whether it's intelligence arresting you or you most likely getting shot and in- being left for dead so
1: yeah or you just get your ass kicked by members of intelligence right there's yeah there's a lot of bad things that can happen if you lie so don't lie don't lie don't commit casual crimes just don't do it nope so uh and atwater go to bring the guy in the luke guy the security guy only to find out that he's been murdered awesome again yeah you shouldn't have lied don't lie have protected you yeah that you could have avoided this whole thing by just telling the truth yep and so platt mobilizes the patrol officers to look for sasha's friend who's preserved presumed to be working for this mob as well she also gives burgess some advice which is just kind of like unwanted i just why has platt been so not nice lately
0: right and especially like platt's always been one to kind of say what she's thinking whether someone asked her opinion or not but this season it's just been like a different level it's just it's just yeah like it's not i mean i don't well she i don't think she means it from to come from like a terrible place and make it sound as bad as it does but it comes off really sounding just like nasty
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and especially because and we've touched on this before Platt's one, to you know, Platt's all about the girl power. She wants the lady cops to stick together. And the only times we've seen her be really ugly this season have been towards Upton and Burgess.
0: Yeah. And I mean, her and Burgess have always had that kind of different relationship. You know, she's always kind of picked on Burgess and whatever. But like you said, it's obviously, you know, always been about like sticking together. But this season, I, she's really, yeah, she's really
1: done some nasty, said some nasty things. It's weird. So basically, her her advice to Burgess, and we're going to talk about Burgess in depth in a minute, is, you know, she just tells her, it might be good to recuse yourself from the case before Matt finds out what you're doing. Matt being Matt Miller, her lovely federal prosecutor boyfriend, we'll get there. But, I mean, mm, whatever. Mm. Yeah, Platt's been, her one-liners have not been very nice this season. No, and usually
0: she is like the funny, great one-liners, but yeah, not this season.
1: No, not so much. So Voight meets with Price again, and Price reminds him that Voight still owes him a favor. So Price wants Voight to hand him a photo of Grainer with Sasha so he can use it in the press to force Grainer into agreeing with the development project. So pretty much we're teenage girls, is the gist of it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Full-on Mean Girls, Price is Regina George, it's just not good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so wait, 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 back in this Mean Girl scenario, who does that make Voight?
1: All right. All right. Let's think about this. Okay. So hmm, Grainer is Karen. Voight is Katie. Yeah. Voight wouldn't be Gretchen. And then I guess there just is no Gretchen.
0: Yeah, I guess not. Not in this. No, not in this. No. Yeah.
1: Unless you bring Woods back into the fold, in which case Woods is Regina George. And then I guess Price is Gretchen.
0: Price is Gretchen. No, Price would be Katie.
1: But Woods would definitely be Regina George. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Voight would be Gretchen. Voight's not Gretchen.
0: Mm, but I mean, at the end of this episode, he kind of just, like, lets it go. I mean, he, I mean we're going to get there in one second, but, like, he kind of just let, lets him have it.
1: It's true. But remember the whole thing about things Voight hates? What? Toaster Strudel.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He would yeah, totally yeah.
1: hate toaster strudel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we've gotten off track,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just like I had to like inter- you brought this up and I had to entertain it.
1: It's cool. It's cool. But I mean, they- it really is Mean Girls. Just you know, so yeah. Voight's like, listen, I'm not 12. I'm not a teenage girl. I'm not doing this shit. And so he tells Al about the dilemma, but they both agree. They like Grainer, but they feel like Price could do a lot of damage if he's not bluffing.
0: Okay, but since when do Voight Al care about, like, when are they afraid, afraid in, like, quotes, because I don't think they're really afraid, but they're kind of afraid of, like, anyone slash being concerned, like, with what anyone else does. Like, that's never stopped them before from doing their own thing.
1: What was the leverage that Price had on Voight?
0: It's from the, oh, from the McGrady case, because Price knows that McGrady like it wasn't it was suicide. suicide and it wasn't that's yeah, right
1: that's right yeah, that's right. So yeah that was why bluffing, the whole favor yeah happens. yeah if he isn't bluffing then it would it would end really badly that's true so i guess that's why because they Voight and Al always look like the lesser of the evils you know
0: yeah i just like it just kind of like the fact that they're kind of entertaining this whole thing in the first place is like when are they concerned with what like other people do and like being afraid of anyone like that's never stopped them before they just kind of do their own thing
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. And so Upton and Antonio track Sasha's friend to another hotel room where she's in the middle of a new theft. She's pretty reluctant to identify the murderer, but she eventually does. It's a man named Yuri. And so Antonio decides to let her finish the job so that they can track her to Yuri. But then Yuri doesn't show up. And so the case ends after they trace Matt Miller's subsequent phone call to get Yuri's location And a chase leads Ruzik to shoot and wound Yuri. Oh, that shootout was so good.
0: It was really good.
1: Are we going to talk about that shootout when we talk about Burgess? I mean, we can. Okay. We should wait then. Yeah, let's wait. It's
0: a, it's a, it's a, it's a Burzik shootout. We'll talk about it when we get to Burzik. (sighs) Ah,
1: Burzik. Yes. And (laughs) so, (laughs) Voight goes to see Price at the end. And then uh, Price is pretty much, I like you, Hank, but please don't make me play hardball on this. Voight does give Price the photos that he asked for, but he makes it clear that they're no longer friends.
0: Wait, they were considered to be friends before this? They were not friends. No, but he used the word friends, and I was like, wait, friends? You guys aren't friends.
1: You were never friends. Yeah, if we're going to stick with the Mean Girls metaphor, they're frenemies.
0: Yeah. Okay, this definitely confirms that Price has to be Regina George, and Voight has to be Katie, Katie, Katie. Katie. Because they're frenem- frenemies the whole time. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. 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 And so, Price is like, I'm not sure why you're upset, because this is no different than any other deal we've made. I mean, he's he's voiding void. He's yeah. doing the void thing to void. Yeah. Sucks. Ugh. So, and then almost immediately, Voight gets a call from Grainer, and he can't make himself answer it, because he knows that he just destroyed his friend's career. Which is just yeah. The minute Grainer was like, oh, a man of his word. I was like, oh, no, you spoke too soon, honey. Mm-mm. Oh, nope. shit. So bad. So that's the logistics of the case. But now we're going to dive into Burgess, Matt Miller, and all of the surprise Burzik. There was surprise Burzik in this episode, and it was everything.
0: It was so good. And it, I mean, we haven't gotten real like good Burzik since last
1: season, and it was well worth it. Oh, it was so worth it. And so... Voight's at this fundraiser, and he bumps into Burgess, because, you know, I don't know about you, but I love bumping into my boss in social situations. No. 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 So, yeah, um, Matt comes to the party, quickly meets with her, uh, and so she's talking to Voight, and then she's like, oh, my boyfriend used to work for Grainer, and then he walks in, and enter Matt Miller. Okay, first impressions, Bryna, what do we think of Matt?
0: Okay, my, first, my literal first impression was, like, he's cute, but that meet and greet with Voight was hella awkward.
1: It wasn't as bad as I think it could have been. It was it, it was, okay, awkward. It, like, teetered the line. It wasn't cute, awkward, but it was, like, all right, awkward.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, my, li- my literal first impression, I mean, I don't ship this in any way. And, obviously, he's not really going to stick around, which we're going to talk about. But, I mean, he's cute. Like, he's very cute. That was literally the first thing I thought. I was, like, oh, he's cute.
1: Yeah, like, like, yeah, that was, he walked in and I was like, all right, he's exactly Burgess's type. I, I can see this. <laughs> yeah. But something about him just rubbed me the wrong way. He had, like, an air about him. As he should, he's a federal prosecutor, it's badass, but he seemed almost a little arrogant.
0: Yeah, I think he seemed a little arrogant, but I also think it was kind of clear like, again, we all kind of knew that he's not going to stick around long-term. Like, this isn't going to be, like, a three-season relationship. Like, we all knew that. But I think it also was kind of clear that they were really trying to show that both Burgess and Matt, like, they're really into each other. Because, you know, he has the line about, um, you know, like, oh, I'm in the biggest, you know, I'm in the middle of the biggest case of my career, but, like, I still clearly wanted to see you, and, like, that's why, like, I'm here even though I'm late, but, like, I'm still here. So I think they tried to do, you know, show that, they're important to each other, but it's not going to stick around like they're not. It's not going to be a long term thing.
1: Yeah. And we got an email from Kate about this. And I think Kate did not get a first impression because Kate said, why did they bother? What the hell? And to pick a Roman type further angered me. It certainly did not appear to be a love match. All right. It did not appear to be a love match because <laughs> I know I texted you in the middle of the episode and I was like, they have no chemistry. Yeah. Not Yeah. But I don't think he's a Roman type. Oh no, not a. Ro- I don't. I don't. Yeah, maybe like, he. I mean, he, maybe he's
0: a much better looking version of Roman. But like, that's about where the like similarities stop.
1: Does she mean Roman type, and that they're both kind of insufferable? I don't know. Yeah. I and, like, that's not to say I, I didn't find Matt insufferable off the bat. I just kind of grew to not like him as the episode went on. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. Yeah, and I, I don't even think later on, I don't even think I consider him to be insufferable. I think, you know, he thought he was doing what was best for his job. And obviously, he doesn't know everything that goes on with intelligence. He doesn't know enough about Burgess's job to really, like, say, like, oh, shit, you might want to tell me if Voight's Like, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't think anything he did was actually insufferable. He was just trying to do his job. And it turned out Burgess picked her job over him and kind of outsmarted him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so – yeah, and so, you know, Matt gets to this party and Burgess teases him about being late because of work and everything. And he teases her back, but I didn't take it that way. He's like, yeah, he get, he basically gives her this whole thing of like, I made time for you in the middle of this gigantic case, so don't complain. And he was teasing her, but in my mind, I was like, you suck already. See, I thought it was kind of, I mean, I thought that part was kind of cute, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. Later on, when we find out the connection to the Odessa mob, Burgess meets Matt, and she tells him about the case because there's a possible tie-in to the one that he's working on. So Matt's like, he can't confirm or deny the identity of the witness, and he suggests that she and Voight meet with the team to get on the same page. So Burgess doesn't really understand, you know, she wants them to all be on the same team, but Matt just keeps insisting that she needs to talk to Voight burgess had the best intentions here this was burgess being burgess and just going full steam ahead and doing what she needs to do to solve the case she doesn't realize the mistake she made
0: yeah no i definitely agree burgess's heart was in the right place but it was it Voigt was not happy
1: yeah and so Voigt gets really upset with her for going to her boyfriend about the case because you know he's a fed and Voigt's like you know the feds only look out for themselves don't share information with them and he drops this line here he goes i could give a damn who you sleep with but i care a whole hell of a lot who you share our information with
0: unfortunately it's a classic void line like it's inappropriate and but to the point
1: like why is it necessary to bring up who she's sleeping with
0: right that's what i'm saying but like you know we saw it 10 million times with aaron when he like she would say things about jay you know he'd always be like like, when they first started getting together, he was, like, just, you know, keep it out of, like, the unit and keep it, you know, make sure you're doing your job. And it's, like, okay, you can do your job and sleep with your coworker if that's what you want to do. And, like, it's fine. Like, like I said, it's just a
1: classic void line. It's inappropriate, but to the point. But, like, in a professional capacity, just keep those words out of your mouth. You're her boss. You're not supposed to Oh yeah, for sure. think of anything along those lines, you know? Right. And, like, I get it. I mean, you know, it kind of goes along with a
0: de- this idea of, like, the intelligence unit being a little bit more than just coworkers. Like, you know, obviously they're family and they all know kind of everything about everyone's personal lives. And so maybe that's why he thinks he can kind of tread the waters, like, more so than, like, a normal, just, like, professional setting. But that's not the case. You still can't say that.
1: It's just, yeah, I just, if I heard that from a male boss, I would be like, I would flip my me. shit. I would yeah. flip my shit. I'd cringe. Like, yeah it would be bad and so thankfully they're interrupted by ruzik who has new information and you know circling back to the burgess thing like i get that she's he's her boss but she just takes it and i'm like burgess like uh right because she's so she's still like i mean she's still the newest
0: one so she still feels like she has to prove herself and especially because i feel like yes obviously aaron's gone but i feel like she always maybe felt that she was in Aaron's shadows because Aaron was such a just badass and like could handle like could go toe to toe with Voight, and Burgess isn't like that. And that's okay that Burgess isn't like that. But now that she's well, Haley's there, but like, you know, for like a small second, like Burgess was really the only female in the intelligence unit. And so like she kinda has to prove herself in Aaron's shadow. And I feel like maybe she's trying to do that, but that's she's not going about it the right way. And she doesn't need to do that.
1: No, but you uh, million feelings about this. Like you can't you can't judge who she dates and doesn't date as a measure of how well she does her job. That oh, yeah, shouldn't be for sure. any of Voight's business and it shouldn't be any of Al's business too. And I'm not over the time that Al slut shamed her last season. Oh no, 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 no. Never getting over that. Oh my god. Just uh So yeah, they're interrupted by Ruzik, and Ruzik has new information. So Voight, after finding the security guy dead, he reluctantly agrees to take the meeting with Matt and his boss, Brian. So they don't want to compromise their two-year investigation now, and they think that Voight should wait to chase a murderer until they're in the clear. So Voight says, he goes, you know, the thing is, guys, I've got a dead girl, 18 years old, and I highly doubt her mother gives a damn about your Rico case. Here's the deal with this, is that, I think this is why Matt started to kind of creep into creep on my shit list is because the minute Burgess came to him with this information, Matt didn't really care about what it meant to her side of the case. He only cared about what it meant to his job. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: But I think that also kind of just plays in with the whole idea. Um, you know, there was a line before this, you know, there's like a small scene where after like where are and Atwater are filling void in about, you know, what happened when they found. um Luke when they found him dead and then you know Boyd's like oh I got a meeting with the FBI and Atwater's like what the, the feds like they're helping us what so I think it just kind of was supposed to play into this idea that like you know federal investigators kind of think they're like top dog and they can do just like anything they want and that like their word is the word because they're at the federal level and so I think it kind of plays into that character I don't know if necessarily that was supposed to be like Matt and like his personality feeling like he's too good for Burgess and like doesn't care. But yeah, I'd agree that, you know, he clearly cared more about his job in that moment than he did about her. Not saying he doesn't care about her at all, but in that moment, he cared more about his job.
1: Yeah. And you know what though? Now that you say it, I think that's the feeling about Matt that I couldn't quite articulate is that maybe he does think he's a little too good for her.
0: Yeah. And I think that's just like maybe sometimes like what all people who work for the federal government feel like that they're because they're at the federal level that like what they say goes. I mean, I know plenty of people that work for the federal government as I live in D.C., and they sometimes feel like they're the shit, and they're not always the shit. Actually, Mm -hmm. hardly ever the shit, but (laughs) they feel like because they have that title that that's what enables them to, like, feel like they can
1: boss people around. Yeah, and... Yeah, and so... Yeah, and so as soon as Voight and Burgess leave the meeting, he orders her to take the next step in their investigation, and so... Burgess is like well wait that goes against everything we just said in the meeting because basically Voight was like yeah okay we'll wait and then Voight says no you got a chance to make a murder case you make it you don't wait I'm with Voight on this one surprisingly yeah me too yeah like yeah this is why I mean I've got experience in the legal field this is why I didn't like working in the legal field is because what like the politics of it all and what's right very seldom gel yeah
0: No, yeah, for sure. And I just, like, I guess to me, from I don't think they did maybe necessarily the best job at explaining, although it may have been too many details and not as important, but I don't think it lines up with, like, why would them telling the identity of this one guy, like, the one, if he's apparently such a low, like, so low on the totem pole, like, why would that kill their two-year investigation if he's not, like, the big player in the scene? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that just didn't make sense to me. Like, it's not like Voight's going to say, oh, yeah, the
1: feds gave you up. Like, it it doesn't make sense to me. And, like, the guy's going to come to justice either way. It's just that with intelligence, he's going to come to justice faster. What do you care?
0: Right. And like I said, it's not like they're saying, oh, the guy behind the entire mob is the one who killed him. No, it's like some dude that literally no one could care less about. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that's just yeah. what – I was like, wait, so why does that ca- – like, why do you care for your investigation if he gets pinched or
1: not? That's why this bothers me so much is because what's right is this guy coming to justice, but the federal prosecutors just want all the glory for themselves. Yeah. And
0: I think it kind of goes back to, like, you can even say, like, back when Aaron worked for – um the federal what did she oh she worked for the federal task force that's what it was you know and they had she had the whole thing like she clearly had a hard time dealing with some of the kind of same things and you know about and then she always she had this line about she's like yeah void always says you know like never get your picture in the paper and like so it kind of comes back to this about like intelligence doesn't care about like getting all the glory they care about what doing what's right but clearly not everyone thinks like that and some people do care about getting all the glory
1: yeah Ugh. so frustrating So Yuri doesn't show up, and when this happens, Voight yells at Burgess again, only this time it's, like, it's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Like, doesn't he get in her face? He does, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, and then that's when he says, he's like, you know, you're the only one that can fix this, and he wants to know, like, if she's with CPD or if she's with the feds.
1: It's so bad, because he's like... He says something, he's like, you just couldn't keep your mouth shut, and he's just screaming at her, and again, she's just taking it. There's a moment here where even Ruzik, like, turns around, Ruzik's like, what is happening in there? Yeah, because
0: the door's, like, slightly ajar, yeah.
1: So bad. Ooh, bad, bad. So yeah, outside, Burgess is coming in, and Ruzik meets her outside, because, you know, he's concerned about her, and so he's like, are you okay? You know, Voight came down on you really hard. She just kind of, like, no. blows it
0: off. She's like, yeah, like, I'm fine. And he's like, Kim, you know, it's me. Like, tell me what's going on. Uh, surprise, Berzik. It's the
1: best. Oh, my God. It's so good. Mm, just the way he's like, Kim, come on. It's me. I'm like, oh, oh my God. He loves her. I mean, they know each other so well. Like, oh. <laughs> I just want to, like, tattoo it across my face. He loves her so <laughs> much. Yeah. And yeah. it's so obvious. And just, ugh.
0: Their reunion, when it happens, it's going to be so good. In, like, 2025. Yes. Don't jinx it, Gina. I want it to happen, like, in February. Like, come on. Like, You
1: know what's going to happen is when the reunion finally happens, we're going to be, like, in Titanic and be like, it's been 84 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Just. So. You know, and Burgess finally does open up. Burgess is like, you know, this case is falling apart. This is entirely my fault. And she tells Ruzik that she has to sell out her relationship with Matt. Yeah. And so she's like, I know you don't want to hear this, but I like him a lot. And I really don't have to want, I don't want to make this choice.
0: Yeah. And then Ruzik goes on this whole thing and he's like, and he has this like really good monologue. And he's like, you know, this unit, we're a family, plain and simple. Life gets in the way, makes things a little bit more complicated. You know, sometimes what I'm saying is you have nothing but bad choices. No matter what you're going to do, you're going to hate yourself. And I think that the the only slight problem I had with this scene was like, for two people who know each other really well, how does Burgess not see that he's clearly talking about something that's bigger than her and he's clearly upset? You know, like they read each other so well, except in this instance.
1: Well, I mean, I think in this instance, you know, Burgess is like tunnel vision. She's got, you know, she she knows she's on Void's shit list right now, and her only focus is to make it right. Yeah.
0: I don't know. For me, I was just like, ugh. it's just, it's so obvious that Ruzik, like, yes, he's talking about her situation, but it's so much bigger than her for him. And it's, oh, she's like, it's so obvious that Ruzik is upset. Like,
1: oh. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, how they feel about each other is obvious to everybody except for them. Right. Yeah. Crazy. I just want to shake them by the shoulders and be like, say I love you. Like, (laughs) fix this. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. And so Ruzik's like, Ruzik basically is like, hey, you know, you're one of the best people I know and whatever you decide will be the right thing and good enough. And I'm like, if she's one of the best people you've ever known, why don't you just like profess your love for her?
0: Yeah, for real.
1: These two. I can't. I'm just... They're so oblivious, it drives me crazy. Yeah. And so it's such a cute scene with Birzik, and it was a surprise, and it was a wonderful surprise. And yes. More Birzik, please. And they share a hug. And it's adorable. Just Burzik, Burzik, Burzik. They're so cute. And so Burgess meets with Matt and you know she pretty much tells him that Voight doesn't play well with others. And, you know, Matt's like, I appreciate you telling me that, you know, you did the right thing. So they set up this scene to look like Burgess chose Matt over intelligence. And Matt walks away. He's like, thanks for sharing this, whatever. And we cut to Al in the truck. And Al's like, damn, she's a pro. So they played him. Yeah. They totally played him.
0: Yeah. And I didn't see that coming. I I really, I mean, I didn't think that she would really choose Matt in the end. But, like, the way that that was set up, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And. Cause, but when she, when she was like, when she was giving up the information to him, I was like, she wouldn't, would she? Like, I could have seen her doing that, but I was like, wait.
0: Right. Like I figured it was going to somehow in the end all work out and she would have chosen intelligence. But like in that one moment, I was like, like you said, yeah, I was like, wait, huh? Like what's happening? And then it cuts Mm -hmm. to Alan Boyd, and I was like, oh shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she played him. So. As you know, you know, the case falls apart in the end and Burgess goes to see Matt at the end of the episode and he opens the door and he just kind of glares at her and she's just begging him to let him explain. There is a moment here where he looks over his shoulder at one point and I was like, is there another woman in there?
0: Well, see, for me, I took that moment in as like, He looked like – because, you know, some people do that, like, before they let someone in. Like, I don't know why people do that, but they kind of look, like, making sure, like, their place is clean enough for whatever. It's, like, whoever's standing at the door to come in. So at first, first I was like, oh, he's going to let her in? No problem. And then I looked at the time, and I was like, nope, he's not going to let her in. He's (laughs) not going to do it. And then, obviously, she asked to, like, let him explain, and then he just kind of shuts the door in her face. Actually more, like, slams it in her face.
1: And that's the episode. I mean, can we just talk about how I love that they brought Matt Miller in only for us to see their relationship fall apart?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it makes sense. But at the same time, like, you could have just also kept him off screen. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand why we actually did see him.
1: No, I like it. I like it. Because 501, they like hinted at him and we were like, who the hell is this? Right. And this episode is a way of the writers being like, don't worry, we got this. Yeah. No, I I mean,
0: I liked it. I just also was, like, they also could have done it without it. But then, I mean, I like that we actually got to see him and, like, that he's real. My only other problem with the whole, like, Matt Miller thing is, like you said, like, they didn't really have, like, a whole lot of chemistry. And if I remember clearly, I guess it was at One Chicago Day or, like, sometime maybe around there. Maybe it was right before One Chicago Day. Like, whenever we found out that, like, he was a thing – marina did an interview and was like yeah like i didn't really get to like have any say in who he was like he just kind of shows up and is like there and i mean you think a chemistry read would have helped because they don't have a lot of chemistry not that you needed for a character who's only going to be around for one episode you don't need them to have a ton of chemistry but if you're trying to sell it as like he was actually a plausible option then you kind of need to sell it
1: yo who has more chemistry april and Choi or matt and
0: burgess yeah i'm not gonna say my answer
1: <laughs> say it uh maybe matt and
0: burgess <laughs> like i really don't see Choi and april at all
1: see i was gonna say that Choi and april might have more chemistry but the more i think about it i'm like yeah burgess and matt might have a little bit more but it's not much it's not much they're like and that's nothing against zach appleman like he's you know
0: no, he's – and he's a good actor. And like I said, my very first impression was like, oh, he's cute. Like, I – he's great. Yeah, it's nothing against him. It's just like if you're really trying to sell it as like he was an actual plausible option, there should have been
1: just a tiny bit more chemistry. And he's exactly how I imagined Matt Miller. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just that – it's and it's it's weird because, I mean, he does seem like he's exactly Burgess's type – But at the same time, I didn't like how arrogant he was. Like, Burgess tends to go for, like, the really intelligent guys, minus Roman. I'm, like, thinking this through as I say it.
0: But also, I mean, like, Rustic, well, yes, he is super smart. He does not come off super smart. Like, you would not look at Rustic at first and be like, that's a really smart guy.
1: He's smart in his own way.
0: Right, like, it's not saying he's not smart, but, like, your first impression is, like, He's a little, especially in those first couple episodes in the like in season one, like he's kind of a hothead, mm-hmm. and so like it's not like you're not like oh like he's the like smart guy in the class, but like he is, but he's just not like it doesn't come off that way with him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's exactly how I pictured Matt Miller, and he was perfect for the role. I just. Didn't really see the chemistry between them. And maybe that was the point, for there not to be a lot of chemistry between them to show that it's kind of a mismatch. Maybe. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. What what were your thoughts on Matt Miller? Tell us. Like, tweet us, DM us. Let us know what your thoughts were, because we didn't really hear a lot about it this week. Yeah. Everyone's
0: quiet. They're slowly preparing for the holidays.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Quiet fandom. Which is never really a good thing, is it? (laughs) now everyone's doing in their thoughts yeah yeah for sure so the last thing we're going to touch on for the episode there was a teeny tiny little b story here and it was just kind of the halstead thing i think they're just showing us that this is just gonna on it's gonna keep going but i think it's gonna pick up after the mid-season finale yeah so second or third scene of the episode voight and jay are getting coffee outside the 21st which is First weird
0: of- which is yeah weird. yeah
1: <laughs> it's weird that they're getting coffee, and when did when, when did a coffee truck just magically <laughs> appear outside the 21st?
0: Right, yeah, I don't know, but, like, at first I was like, void and Jay getting coffee, wait, what? What kind of alternate reality am I living in?
1: Yeah, and, like, they're just having a conversation, and so Jay mentions, he's like, yeah, I got a call from IAD about the fight at the bar, and... Voight's just kind of asking him about it. He's like, okay, well, who knows about it? And Jay just lists off. He's like, you know, Upton, the two narcotics cops, Atwater, Atwater and Ruzik. Yeah. And he says, you know, Ruzik did the report on it, but I know for a fact that he didn't put anything in the case reported about it. Oh, honey. No,
0: I want to believe it too, Jay, but I know it's true, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> oh, honey. And like, I think technically he's right. I don't think he put anything in the report about it. I just think it's that the video is what he put on the flash drive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's true that like maybe technically he did not put anything near the report. But we all know that he probably gave that flash drive to Denny. So it still doesn't matter. Ruzik still ratted him out.
1: Oh, Jay. Sweet, precious Jay. Poor
0: Bristito. Poor
1: Jay. <laughs> and so thankfully Voight's not concerned. Voight's like, OK, you know, you just feared for your life. It was a dark bar. This happened. That happened. He just tells him how to spin it. And so Haley walks up and Voight gets the call. And so Jay and Haley are talking. And so Jay asks Haley if she filed anything about the fight. And Haley just looks at him and is like, are you seriously asking me about that? So it looks like she's finally getting the gist of, you know, being part of this unit and how they're family and that's how they roll. What do you mean by that? What what do you mean of,
0: like, getting the gist? Like, how does that, like... Why did you think her reaction to that, like, is her seeing like, how the gist of this
1: team works? Because remember when she wouldn't alter the report about Ruzik punching the guy? And then she finally did, and she acted like it was a major pain in the ass? Oh, yeah, 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 I forgot about because that. Because she wouldn't cover for Ruzik, but this time she covered for Jay. I got, I got you. Yeah. At first I was like, wait, yeah, makes a lot more sense. I got you, yes. So then she, like, she just suggests that, you know, after that case that Jay should talk to somebody, but he swears that he's good. Of course he does. Of course. You know. And so usually this is where I think most people would have backed off, but she keeps pressing. And so she's like, yeah, the case got a little intense and he gets a little defensive. He's like, you know, we saved the kid's life and that's what matters. And he, she's like, no, I agree. But, you know, you just want to make sure that nothing got triggered. Mm. <sighs> I'm not a big
0: fan of the way she says this to him. I think it's just, yeah, like, you want to make sure that, like, nothing got triggered. Well, like, you can't – I think maybe, like, I literally just thought about this now because I've been trying to stew, like, all afternoon and like, what I thought that line meant. I think maybe it kind of bothers me because, like, you can't control when you're going to get triggered by something. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe Jay did put him in a situation because he's the one that wanted to go undercover that, like – he was likely to get triggered, but, like, that's not something you can't control. Like, I mean, I guess by talking, but, like, you can get triggered at any moment by, you know,
1: something. Right, and, like, how well does she know Jay? She doesn't even, She doesn't know what his triggers are and aren't. Yeah, I just
0: think, you know, I think the biggest problem still with the storyline is that, like, I'm glad Haley recognizes that he needs help and that, like, he's not actually okay because someone needs to recognize that he needs help. I just don't understand still why it's her. Like, I get that they're partners and that, like, she was the one that the whole time was kind of against him doing this, but, like, it need, I don't understand why it can't be like Antonio.
1: You know what I think it might be is, like, you know how you have those friends that you've known for a while and you just know how they tick? Like, you know what topics you can and can't touch on, and you know when they want you to leave an an issue alone. Like, you just know how they tick. Yeah. And so I think that's the deal with, like, Ruzik, Atwater, Antonio, Al, is that they know how Jay ticks, and maybe when he says, I'm fine, that's just time to leave it. But either Haley doesn't know that, or she just doesn't give a shit. But I think this time it's so much
0: bigger than all of his other, like, small triggers. Like, if you could say that, like, he was triggered, like with any case that involves kids. Like, yes, he was, but you know, this is just—it was so much bigger than that. And so I feel like, yes, they like realize that you know they know how he ticks, but this like, I think they're not—that they, nobody's seeing that like it's so much bigger than that this time around.
1: Hopefully, they will. Hopefully, eventually, they will. yeah, because. That's going to be something I won't be happy with is if this balloons out of control and nobody says anything but Haley.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I hope, like you said, I hope that, like, when we come back in January, um, that this is something like, we're going to see kind of the real fallout of this whole thing.
1: Yeah. And so, and, you know, I, I just... Yeah, I'm not a fan of the way she said that to him of, like, you know, you want to make sure nothing got triggered. It almost feels like, and I couldn't think of a way to articulate this, but it's kind of like she, like, reverse mansplained to him. Kind of, because she was like, oh, you just want to make sure that nothing got triggered. You don't know what he wants. Yeah, kind of. Like, granted, we know that, you know, he's not okay and he is bullshitting. And, you know, Haley absolutely needs to be like, you need to go get help. But, yeah, I just didn't like how she said it to him. And now I feel like I can't really explain my way out of it. No, but, I mean, I didn't like – you're not the only one who
0: didn't like the way that she said that. Like, that – just especially that last part, like, nothing got triggered. Something about it's just off.
1: Yeah, it's just something that, you know, if you haven't known this guy that long, you can't just be talking about triggers. And I guess that – I get that you're partners and, like, that kind of goes out the window – but still, like, you haven't been working together that long. You can't just say that to him like that. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. And so Jay kind of fires back. And Jay's like, listen, I appreciate you looking out for me. I do. Really? And he goes, I'm fine, and I don't need a babysitter. Nope, you're not. And that's
0: okay that you're not fine, but you need to admit it.
1: Yeah. You're a giant liar, Jay. We see right through it.
0: <laughs> but yeah. –
1: yeah, and I mean, the I'm fine part, yeah, we, we know you're not fine. I'm fine is the opposite of fine in this one Chicago universe. But but even just in general,
0: when anyone says I'm fine, they generally are not fine.
1: Not fine. Not fine. Well, it's like, did you did you see The Italian Job? The what? The movie, The Italian Job? No, I've never seen it. Of course not. <laughs> but there's a line in there about what fine really means, and it's like, Charlie's Theron's in it, and she's like, oh, you know what fine means. It means, like, freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. See? See? <laughs> F-I-N-E. Yeah. 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 That's see, good. the old people sometimes know what we're talking about with our old people movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's good.
1: I'm going to start using yeah. it.
0: freaked out, insecure, neurotic, emotional.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And so, yeah. But when he says, I don't need a babysitter, I think that's kind of his way of being like, Haley, back like, off back it up yeah so it's little and it's only like one scene but i this is an issue that's gonna keep going so you it's know, worth bringing we'll up s- yeah so we're just kind of we're gonna track it along the way so yeah and i mean that's about it for the episode it was pretty much just the case and the burgess storyline and that, that one scene of hall said thankfully there was nothing about ruzik being a rat oh thank god because thank god that storyline is very emotionally taxing because it just hurts to see ruzik like that
0: yeah, and we already know we're going to deal with it a lot in
1: 509, so. Oh, my God. That promo is, like, nerve-wracking. It's it's going to be bad. So bad. So bad. Yeah, I'm, like, not emotionally ready for it, and it's, like, days away. Yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be so bad. So, yeah. Um, Bryna, any general thoughts about the episode?
0: No, it was good. I'm just – I'm really curious to see how, like, what – kind of how it all culminates in 509 before we go on hiatus. And luckily, we don't have that long of hiatus, but like not like fire where it feels like it's been years since we've seen fire. <laughs> it's been
1: 84 years. It's been,
0: yeah, it's been years <laughs> since we've seen fire, at least luckily with um, PD, you know, we're not going to have that long before we get another episode, which, and especially with the holidays and stuff, and we're all just going to be kind of distracted with TV watching anyway, so... Yeah. But,
1: you know, it was good. Yeah. It was a good episode. It wasn't – it was good. It was good. It was very good. So, yeah. So, yeah, and that's our episode. I mean, you know, let us know how you felt about this episode. Send us a message or two or three. Um, We got some DMs and emails, didn't we? Didn't we get one from somebody about the Jason McGay issue? Yeah, we got a DM
0: from Jessica. Um, She just, you know, she was like, you know, I kind of – She's like, I don't know if you guys recorded yet, and we hadn't, luckily – um, she's like, I just have, kind of have something I wanted to say, so I'll just read it. She says, you know, there seems to be a portion of the fan base that believes that continuing to watch and support the show, no matter who we watch for, is by extension supporting Jason. This isn't the case, in my opinion. She said, as Bryna has said, a lot of us don't watch for Voight, and while I feel the show was built for Voight, it's evolved in a way that he's more in the background now. The other characters are really driving
1: the show this season. Completely agree. Yeah, and it's a good way to wrap up just to remind everyone that, you know, this is an ensemble show. Ensemble.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: live yeah. and die as a team. Yeah,
0: and I mean, like, like she said, you know, just because I continue to watch PD does not mean I support Jason. Um, and his actions and anything else that revolves around him. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, when I say I watch for everyone else, I literally mean
1: I watch for everyone else.
0: Voight is just someone that's kind of there and I can't avoid it when I watch it.
1: Right. And so, and again, we bring this up just because, you know, we just want to make sure that everybody knows that, you know, you can still talk to us about this. The conversation does not end.
0: Yeah. And with that being said, make sure you always are finding us on social media um, at, meet us at Molly's for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Um, and you can always email us. It's the same, meetusatmollies at gmail.com.
1: Yes, meet Us at, at gmail.com. Um, You know, our schedule still has not changed. Check social media. It is still there. Um, We won't have a new episode this week because somebody's birthday is on Thursday.
0: Hmm. I wonder who that is.
1: It might be me. It might Um, be Gina. (laughs) But we will be back on Monday, a week from, I guess, today when you guys are listening to it on Monday. We will be back in a week with not one but two new episodes. We will have Chicago Med 303 and Chicago PD 509. So like Bryna said, follow us on social media everywhere. Meet us at Molly's, get in touch with us, email us, follow us individually on Twitter. I am Gina Watches TV, Bryna.
0: I am at BrynaK13 and Ashley is at AshNick095.
1: And it's Nick N-I-C, there's no K. Exactly. So, yes. So that is our episode. Everybody have a good week and we will see you next Monday. Bye.